0: In this episode today, you know, Shelly, we have not had a guest on in a really long time. I think we should have one
1: on right now today. Okay. Who do you want to get? <laughs> Let me get my phone out. Who do you want to call? Well, we already recorded it. Oh. So. I mean, I'm trying to make their listeners like <laughs> you know
0: excited. No. It's so spontaneous. I'm feeling all this spontaneity right now. <laughs> I have I have a phone number. I'll just call. I'll just call you're her still up. Calling people and maybe we can get them to be guests on the show. Yeah, yeah. Here, let me. Or know, how about we just run the interview we already recorded? You no, know, we're calling. We're calling her. Oh, you're calling Brielle right now. I'm Calling her right now.
1: <laughs> you're just like randomly pushing. No, this is
0: her number. <laughs> can we just get to the interview? We had okay. Our guest today. I want to see if this actually calls anyone. Who are you calling? I don't know international. Is this an international? It uh, didn't go
1: through. Must not be an Can actual number. Can we get number. back to oh, this
0: it's episode? Oh, because I actually pushed the pound
1: sign. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Okay. So
0: our okay. guest today, and you know what? We had so much content. We're splitting it up into two episodes. Yeah.
1: Such a good freaking interview. Yeah. I'm not lying.
0: Totally. And uh, our guest, if I could get to it. Sorry. Is Brielle Decker. Yes. She is the subject of a documentary called Prisoner of the Prophet.
1: Yes. It is about Warren Jeffs. She was, and she's going to come on in a second. I don't need to tell her story, but she was Warren Jeffs 60-somethingth. I think 65th. 65th wife. <laughs>
0: Who's counting?
1: Yeah, you know, once you're above like 50 wives, I think it just all kind of blend. <laughs> Unbelievable story.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seriously, uh, please stay tuned to listen to that. Also... At the end, we've got kind of a related Foom Pod we're going to do.
1: We're going to give it a go. Okay, and Wait. then patrons. No, it's not related. The patron names are going to be related, sort of. Oh, so the Foom Pod has nothing to do with not a damn anything thing. in the interview. Not a damn thing. It just oh. was something I happened to say, and you're like, what? And then we realize, oh, oh, did
0: you, that's you don't right. know what this you is. You said it in
1: the interview. Yeah. Okay, Whew,
0: we are rambling. We're two minutes into an intro. <laughs> Look at us go. <laughs>
1: don't give up. Don't give up. We're going to get to it, I promise. All
0: right. Well, we will be right back. Hey everybody! Welcome to Latter Day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her
1: life. My name is Mary. My name is Shelley, and I have to say, sorry, I'm just going to keep talking. Um, our recordings are very infrequent right now because we are so hella busy. But literally, every time I hear you say the intro that you just did, I get happy. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. As much as we're like trying to cram in podcasting along with our daily lives. There's just this feeling of, like, happiness and home, and I really like it. Something familiar? Yes. Aww, It's like I'm talking to my friends out there in the (laughs) big wide world. Oh, I'm glad that uh,
0: people can give you, I don't know. Warm fuzzies? Warm fuzzies. and, And maybe it's something to do with my recording. Maybe it's May- my voice. It's your
1: sexy recording voice. <laughs> is that what it is? For sure, that's what it is.
0: Well, why don't we get to our guest, shall we? Yeah. So, Shelly, we have a special guest today. We're so excited! Our guest is Brielle Decker from the documentary on Discovery Plus, "Prisoner of the Prophet."
1: I think this is our first interview with anyone uh, ex. FLDS. FLDS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. Yeah. We're so excited. Brielle, welcome to
0: our show. We're so happy to have you.
1: Thank you. Uh, we watched the show, I guess it's been a month
2: I
0: or so ago. I think I had to pull my jaw off the floor Ooh, after same.
1: watching. Yeah. Wow. Brielle's like the star of the show. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. Uh, and we'll get in that into that in just a second. Um, also, those of you who have not seen it, like what the hell's wrong with you <laughs> get on discovery plus or amazon prime add-on you have to see this right so and this whole thing is it, a spoiler alert right, right. yeah well, that's true <laughs> i don't know this is much of a spoiler but this is like you will get to know the story um so much better because we're talking to the star and if you've already seen it, watch it again. Like Listen to this episode, watch it again, because you're going to get some more um, insight there. So we are so excited.
0: Yeah. Before we dive into the nuts and bolts of the documentary, Brielle, how did you come to make a documentary for Discovery Plus?
2: I got approached by a producer, and that's usually my my history anyway with all my media is people come to me. And then I talked to her for a while, kind of got to know her. And then we decided to sign with her for a small, like a small contract that was basically saying she has like 10 months to get all her things in a row. She didn't really go into what she needed to do, but it took about three years from that day that we signed to the time that it was aired. And in the same month that I signed with her, I had seven other people approach me.
1: That's how great this story is. This is interesting
2: that coincidentally, these
0: other, you were approached by other producers. How did that even happen? Was it like, was there an article about you that came out and now suddenly producers were calling you? Like, well, how did that go down?
2: When I first escaped, I didn't want to talk in media at all right. because I didn't see the point of it. And I needed a support system more. I needed mm-hmm. to have like people who knew me on the outside for survival reasons yeah. more than to be in the media. So for a long time, I just avoided it. It was actually when I um, got Warren Jeff's house that I went public because I was looking for the Dream Center that is now the Recovery Center. So if you watch like Inside Edition interview, but people wanted to see the house because it was a high profile house. So that's how I got really big into media.
1: Yes, we're going to talk extensively about the Dream Center because I think that's just an amazing, an amazing thing. So really quickly, for those of you who have never heard of Prisoner of the Prophet, never heard of Warren Jeffs, Brielle, give us a summary of who you are and what the FLDS Church is and who Warren Jeffs is.
2: Okay. So I was the 65th wife of Warren Jeffs, who is a Cult leader. I, I call it cult. Uh, some people will shy away from that word, but I don't. It's a cult. Yeah, it's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> so 64th wife is like,
1: he had 64 at one time. It's not like he was a widower 63 times and then married you. These were all at the same time wives.
0: I think wives. she said 65th. Right. What, you're the 65th? 65th? Yeah. Oh,
2: my bad. <laughs> and he had Ooh. 79 by the time he was imprisoned. That's wow. amazing.
1: So let's talk about the movie a bit. Something that struck me right from the beginning is you said you are proud to be an apostate. Right. And that hit me like, yeah, girl, be proud. What does it mean to you to be an apostate? And I want to know how that makes you so proud.
2: Well, if you Google what an apostate means in the Greek form, I don't know if that matters to you guys, but it says an apostate is a runaway slave. Mm. So I'm like, well. uh, they probably knew that when they <laughs> made all the people who left their church called an apostate. I believe uh, Joseph Smith knew that. Yeah, and they're a runaway slave. So yeah, I yeah. mean, he
1: was back in the days of slavery. So um, yeah, that <laughs> would that. There you go. That would make sense. It says so much about that guy, doesn't I know, it? right? I know, right? <laughs> I mean, being proud of it is like you escaped.
2: Well, I'm not a slave anymore. Why That's would I right. not be proud to be a runaway slave?
1: You're free. I love yeah. it. One thing I was laughing at in the beginning was you talked about how you were taught that dinosaur bones came from other planets. We've talked about that before, and we, we call it the um, the kitty litter scooper, where God must have like, gone to other planets and scooped up the dinosaur bones <laughs> with the kitty litter and thrown it into the earth. And we laugh about it all the time. And I couldn't remember where I got it from. And then you said that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this must come back from, like, the original Joseph Smith teachings for it to, to be in my head as I was a mainstream Mormon. So my question is, you can talk about more of that if you want, but I want to know some of the weirdest things you were taught, like weird.
2: Growing up, I didn't think they were weird, but now for I sure, know they yeah. are. <laughs> right. So there's quite a few of them. Like they did talk about in the documentary, the angels that were going to come and kill everyone that wasn't wearing long underwear. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they talked about um Wow. Yeah, the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few different weird things like the lifting up. If What's the lifting up? The lifting up, Warren Jess taught that um the center stake of Zion in Missouri was still the center stake and that in the the destructions were gonna come. That's mm-hmm. always a doctrine in Mormonism usually. Yep. And the righteous people who are good enough, not e- so. There are some people in the church who are still not going to qualify because they're not like living right. So, right. according to Orin Jeff. So, mm-hmm. the righteous people that are actually living the doctrine will be lifted off the earth when the destructions come, mm-hmm. and then set back down.
1: Gotcha. Oh, and then set back down. Okay, like gently back down. And- After the destructions, yeah. Wow, I hate capital H. The word qualify. Right. That goes around so much in Mormon and clearly right. FLDS talk that you have to be a certain way to qualify, hate that word, for being saved, for God to love you, to get to marry Warren Jeffs, like all this be qualified stuff. Was that in your head a lot like I need to qualify?
2: Yeah, it was that's the judgment part of it, I think. Yeah. When they talk about you know, judging people, you know, tattling on people. You know, if you see something that's not good enough, then you know, it's all about the qualification. Yeah. And especially in Warren Jess group, he did capitalize on separating families over that one word. Basically, Oof. he used like Joseph Smith Doctrine of the Missouri when they were kicked out of Missouri. He said they were kicked out of Missouri because of get under condemnation. God said, he sent a revelation in mm-hmm. the Doctrine and Covenants that says they're under condemnation. And so Warren and Jeff stood up in church and said, I am going to decide who is still under condemnation and who is not. And I will wow. personally call the ones that are not and invite them to a new location to live more of the laws. Wow. And that's how he started to separate the families. He definitely is not about family.
1: No, no, yeah. not at all.
2: Warren Jeffs is not about family.
1: or are Joseph. Well, he not- says he says he is because that's definitely a Mormon thing. This you know, family first, family first. Mormons but I think s- that,
2: but yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But the FLDS, no, it's all about qualifying.
1: Oh, okay. Is it also the belief of like if only half of your family qualifies and you're never going to see that other half ever again? Well, it's threatening, right? Yeah, it's so a way to control. That's all, yeah, that's also a Mormon belief. You know, if if you know the celestial kingdom. Did you guys have celestial, telestial,
2: terrestrial? Yeah, there's many mansions in heaven.
1: Yeah. It's so trippy that this is like cultier than culty, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I know these things because it was also taught in mainstream Mormonism, but it's almost like FLDS is mainstream on super crack. Like like more trauma, more—and I'm not trying to say that I relate to you in a way that I understand—
2: No, I don't understand that level. But Uh, yeah, exactly. They took everything to the biggest extreme that they could take it to.
1: Mm -hmm, They mm -hmm. didn't
2: hesitate to just say, Joseph Smith had an underage bride, so we're going to have an underage bride with kids, you know, like uh.
1: Mm, everything to a new level.
2: Yeah. What about what the state thinks?
0: Like the state is against polygamy and
2: They aren't really, though. They just made it legal in Utah. I'm pretty much not legal, but it's like a parking ticket. They couldn't make it legal. They tried that first. But Mm -hmm. because the Supreme Court said no years ago, they couldn't make it legal. So they actually made it a parking ticket in Utah.
1: So they just kind of ignore it. What you're saying is they just ignore it.
2: Well, they actually made it almost legal, as legal as they could possibly make it.
1: Right, right, right. What about
2: the pedophile aspect. How does
0: Utah just turn a blind eye to what's going on? Well it's Utah.
2: <laughs> yeah, they they have that in their history and they try to say they don't, but like they do have enough history with it, even with Brigham Young and yeah, they're not really that concerned. It doesn't feel like Yeah, because
1: and, and I just thought of this when you said that. If you look at and and of course Utah Politics is basically run by Mormons, like that's just how it is. So if Mormons know that in their past, like they'll never call it pedophilia, but underage marriages were actually condoned and blessed um, by God for Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, Lorenzo Snow, like all these prophets. So they can't really get too mad at you all. They'll just think that you're kind of off your rocker. You shouldn't be doing it anymore. But we get it. So, you know, we can't really prosecute too harshly or we'll look like we are also bad because we used to do this, too.
2: A lot of people say Warren Jeffs, if he was actually tried, he was tried in Utah, but they did let it go over a technicality. Mm
1: -hmm. Interesting. So you talked about how Warren Jeffs outlawed toys. How old were you when that hit?
2: He kind of outlawed diff, like certain kinds of toys first, like balls and, you know, you couldn't play the outside games because you were throwing our anger at people. Oh, my gosh. That's what he said? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he outlawed those first, and then it got to toys when I was in Texas. It So all the kids couldn't have dolls. They couldn't have any kind yeah. of anything. It was interesting, though, watching them anyway. They would just— make them with their towels or whatever. They just roll off yeah. the towel and play like it's a baby anyway. Kids need toys. Yeah, they need toys. <laughs> <laughs> he would just say, you need to let them have the real thing. If they're asking for a doll, then you should just let them hold a baby. And, and I don't know. I don't oh believe my that. Gosh. Yeah. But that's the same thing with like, if they want to with a toy truck, you know, the younger and younger, they would drive the big trucks in the FLDS and Oh,
1: wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. That's
1: dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you see um, the way at all that it affected kids for them to suddenly feel like God wants them to not have their playthings? Because they would think that God said, right? Yeah. You know, if it comes through Warren Jeffs. You know,
2: that's how I was. You know, I remember not questioning and all the peer pressure in school was because I went to an FLDS homeschool. It was so much peer pressure to— to why would anybody be an apostate? Why would anybody leave? Why would, why mm. would you know, I'm going to stay faithful forever. And all our friends were, they would talk that way because that was really the only way we could talk because they had so many cameras and stuff in the school building that mm-hmm. you'd get punished if you talked in any other way. So then we are all set on the right track all the time if we weren't talking that way. And so then we get these convictions within ourselves that we're going to be loyal forever. Yeah. And you grow up, your brain kind of goes oh, I don't even know what I was talking about. You know, you kind of have to deny yourself to a degree at the first.
1: I see that. It happens, you know, mainstream Mormonism with the bearing of testimonies. You know, you you hear someone that, that you look up to saying, I know the church is true. The spirit guides me, the prophet, blah, blah. blah. And so you're like, oh yeah, uh, me too, me too. And it just spreads.
2: Yeah. I went to a ex-Mormon event one time and the, there was two adult people that got up and one of them was standing by the stand and the other one prompts her, I know the LDS church is not true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd like to bear my testimony. Yeah, I'd like to bear my uh, testimony. Yeah.
2: It was funny
1: though.
0: I'd like to jump in for just a second. Yeah, go. How did you end up in Texas? I think we just need a little more backstory. Like you, did you grow up in Utah? And then I can't remember exactly how you ended up in Texas. I just think that people probably haven't seen the documentary. A lot of people, we want to we want to cater to them.
2: Okay. So I was born and raised in Sandy, Utah, which is more Salt Lake area. I was born in the church. My, parent, my grandparents, so on my father's side, they were kicked out when I was 13 years old. Um, I got another mother when I was 13 years old. My sister, who's five years older than me, married Warren's father at that time when I was 13 years old. So we had like a really big shift in our family. My grandparents on my mother's side were converts and joined the church when she was four years old. And then some context, it's interesting to most people is my parents were in an arranged marriage. The prophet before Warren's dad, supposedly his name was Leroy Johnson, and he pulled them aside at church and told them there was going to be a wedding and they could say yes or no at the ceremony and they had never met each other. Wow. (laughs) So they just, it became a matter of trust and they decided to say yes because there was no reason why not to say yes. And I was their 11th child. So, my father, he had a lot more, I believe, critical thinking, Mm -hmm. but he didn't talk a lot and nobody wanted to hear critical thinking talk. Mm -hmm. But his actions would show me that he was a critical thinker. He wouldn't always just jump on board. He'd sit there and think about it for a while, and then he would do something. Mm -hmm. And so, like, in my mind, I think I learned critical thinking at a young age. And to do the same thing, to not Mm -hmm. voice it, but to act it the best way I could in the situations. Well, I'm sure it wasn't encouraged to voice any kind of critical thought. You get immediate punishments. So yeah. you had to really think hard about how you're going to proceed. And he would take that time to do that. So I knew he was a critical thinker. I didn't know what the wording for that was and everything as a child. But. Sure. So wait a minute. You were taken away from your
0: parents.
2: They were kicked out or something? My grandparents. Your grandparents. My father's parents were kicked out when I was 13, yeah. What'd they do? Um. They watched TV. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> oh, too much
1: threes company or something back in the day. <laughs>
0: Probably more like price uh, I love right. Lucy or no,
2: something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my father didn't really go into details a lot about that. We heard things, but he would when mm-hmm. he pulled us all into the living room to tell us that that had happened. When I was thirteen years old, he he seemed really sad, and he just told them mm-hmm. we don't we're not going to talk about this. Basically, this is just what happened.
1: Were you allowed to stay in contact with them after they were kicked out?
2: No, and even like we before that happened, my grandparents had a station, so that was their career. They had like a gas station that they managed. Okay. It's still there in Sandy, Utah. They were going to turn it over to my father because he's an amazing mechanic, mm-hmm. but the church told him he couldn't accept that gift. He had to um, become a machinist with their their company. And so anyway, he turned it down. He did go to the machine shop and work there and learn all about that. He became an amazing machinist and mechanic. Mm -hmm. My uncle, one of father's brothers that was outside of the church, actually Mm. was given the gift and accepted the gift of— The gas station. A lot of my father's brothers and sisters had already decided to become apostates. So they chose one of them because the church wouldn't let the people that were loyal to the church—
1: did uh, the apostates that had left, I'm, I'm guessing they maybe tried to talk, talk some sense or talk to your dad about—
2: They did, I'm yeah. sure, yeah. We used to be able to go over to the station when he was just working there mm-hmm. before all this hit. And um, we were able to meet our grandparents and stuff working at the station with my father. We'd clean the bathrooms. We'd clean everything up. It's called Union Service. It's still there. It's kind of an old station, but yeah. Anyway, my uncle runs it. And my father, he did did a lot. He made a lot of choices in his life to stay with his family Mm. at the expense of material things, which was, you know, our house in Sandy, Utah, eventually. So I did go to the Alta Academy School that was in Mm -hmm. Sandy, Utah. That was the school I went to with Warren Jeffs as the principal. My first Mm. grade teacher was Warren Jeffs' first wife. So my childhood was very... F-L-D-S. Um, Yeah. And then when I was like 14 and the Jeffs moved down to Colorado City, I was in seventh and eighth grade. When I was in like 10th grade, halfway through the year, then we moved down to Colorado City ourselves. So I was 16 years old when that happened. And I went to the Jeffs Academy when I came down to Colorado City for about a year and a half.
1: So real quick let me interject. So you you started this in Sandy, Utah. Those of you who don't know Utah, Sandy, Utah is not a polygamous area. It's like a regular old part of Utah. Did your neighbors, you know, your community know that you all were FLDS? Did you wear the garb, the the dresses and stuff?
2: We couldn't associate with our neighbors very much. We had about oh. a half an acre of land. That we couldn't talk to our neighbors. My, sure. if, the, if, the, if my parents went over to my neighbor's house, it was like a serious thing.
1: So it's not like you mingled with the mainstream people. and
2: not uh. some okay. people did. Yeah. Some people at that time frame. And that's, I believe, the reason why Warren just took everybody down to Colorado City, because it's an older compound to keep them more isolated. Right. So I got to experience going into the stores with my m- mother and just like— Seeing people come up to us and smile at us or tell us our hair was pretty or, you know, I got to see some of that stuff. And so that actually did shift my perspective to what I was hearing in church. Everybody mm. was bad. Everybody wants to go after you on the outside. And that just didn't ring true for me because I had had my own personal experiences. So when I got in crisis in my life, I would think back on those experiences and think, well, maybe there's some hope on the outside.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's mm. actually nice people. It's not all the devil trying to get you.
2: But some of the children nowadays don't have that. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it seems like another
0: cult tactic too, right? Tell you the members of the cult that everyone on the outside is evil and they're out to get you. It's just another way to keep you in trapped in the belief system. Right. Fear.
1: Fear fear is how mm-hmm. a cult keeps people in. Would that would you say that, Brielle? Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes, it's definitely fear-based in the FLES. Everything is like, you know, we'll take away your family. We'll take away your your everything. Right. You know, and my father held on to his family so tightly for so long. He did go down to Colorado City and sell his house in Sandy. Mm-hmm. And he did move into a house with just stud walls and donate all the money to, to the church and mm-hmm. to the community in Colorado City. And he did build up the house that we were like, we had a part of a house. So we moved in. Somebody else lived in half the house. And they mm. had started the house that we were finishing off on the other side, so it wasn't ever our house, and you lived in Texas before you married Warren Jeffs. Is that right? after Oh, after, yeah. So I moved to Colorado City, which is Hilldale, Utah, and Arizona.
1: yeah, so you actually lived in Texas because you were kicked out and had to go to Texas because you were misbehaving, right?
2: No, I went to Texas because that's where the yearning for Zion Ranch was, the elite group. Oh, you were the elite. That's yeah, right. I was the elite, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I married Warren and he was like, okay, you know, like, it was two weeks after my wedding because I had already started to see red flags on the day that I married him. Wow.
0: So, Shelly, this sounds like a good time for a break. I agree. We'll be right back. And we're back. Hello. So when you're
2: wife number 65, how often do you even really get to see your husband? For one thing, I wasn't attracted to him. So like I didn't really want to see him. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of doctrine that talks about how you're supposed to love your sister wives. You're supposed to like sacrifice for them. And so Warren's father had a rotation cycle where like every wife would get a turn But Warren didn't actually have that. He had a favorite wife and he would, he's basically a monogamist. All the other ladies, he'd he'd tell them, God will reveal if you're ever worthy to be with me. Jeez. (laughs) Got to qualify. Yeah. So for me, I was, most of the time in the beginning, I was like, oh, I don't want to turn. So I would just like sacrifice for my wife, you know, sister wives. If they want to be with him and all that, like, you know, I'm mm. like, okay, you know, I'll hide. You guys can go have that. You know, I don't need that.
1: You're good there. You're yeah, good. About
0: it.
2: <laughs> you can have him. So I didn't get hurt real bad by yeah. polygamy itself. Right. Because I didn't love my husband. If I would have yeah. loved him, I, I know I would have been different. Why do you think you were selected? I, I really feel like it had something to do with being a new wife or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right, He had really weird motives behind everything. And I think he also looked for certain characteristics of how he could manipulate people more.
1: Were you younger than most of the wives
2: when you came in? I was 18. He thought I was younger than that, though. Mm. What a disappointment. Yeah. She's legal. (laughs) (laughs) He he thought my younger sister was older than me and just, I don't know.
1: Like in the real world, it switched. A guy would be like, uh, I thought she was an adult.
2: Like, (laughs) don't
1: take me to jail. But now, you know, Warren just is like... I thought she was 13. <laughs> too I bad. never would have married an old
2: hag <laughs> like this. God. Totally. Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. In my story, um, I did, I've learned some stuff since the documentary, too, with like mm-hmm. people coming forward and telling me right at the wedding, he actually told the family to keep me at arm's length and stuff like that. I didn't realize that. Like, it wasn't a big wedding, it was like a private one. But right sure. after that, he talked to his family and I didn't know that.
0: Wait, he wanted your family to keep you at arm's length? That's
2: what he was requesting? His family. His family. Why do you think that is? He told them I was crazy from the very beginning. (laughs) I didn't know that until after the documentary came out. Like, people have been telling me things. They said, we couldn't step up and help you. We knew you needed it, but we couldn't help you because he would punish us. Oh,
1: my gosh. Wow. Everyone was so afraid of this guy. I know. Well, I feel like, i mean, I'd be afraid of someone who would take my kids away. Like, I yeah, think about— that's true. My choices are either I do what God says in quotations or my kids get taken away. Well, I'm going to do what I think God said. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. Right. If you've been brainwashed uh, into a cult, going on those same lines, when you were honored— to Mary Warren Jeff, did you have any ounce of feeling special at all?
2: I felt terrified because I'd already seen what my sister had gone through.
1: Mm. So you didn't feel like you were chosen?
2: I knew a lot about his family. I knew more. So you were never proud commercial. of that selection process? Like, oh, he picked me. No, because I wasn't in the category that I would be very accepted. He has characteristics he picks out, you know, to be manipulated easier and... One of those characteristics is basically something I had no control over, which was my generational heritage. Mm-hmm. If you have seven generations of being in the church, you're probably more brainwashed. But he didn't say that. He said you have more knowledge of the church, and mm. those <laughs> would be more more of the people that he would put at the mm. top of the pyramid in his family.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, gotcha. the brainwashed ones.
2: And I wasn't going to be there. I would never right. have kids. That's how how my thinking was. I'll never have kids, you know. But I didn't dare mm. say no to him.
1: Sure. So from the time you knew you had to marry him, how long was it until the actual wedding? Like, how does that go down?
2: It was like the same day.
1: Whoa. Yeah. Wow.
2: Um, I knew that he taught us the doctrine, the grooming of how that day would go. Mm-hmm. And there's like three different routes. And so that day, um, I actually had a party at school. I was an assistant in for fourth grade students. Mm-hmm. We had a big party that day. I cleaned up the mess and then I came home. I was on cook that evening for the family and I was supposed to make stew. That's what my mother wanted me to make. So I was in cutting up all the vegetables and it was late. It was like 10 o'clock at night. Like I hadn't gone up very far because I'd spent all day already and I didn't realize I was on cook. I was in making, finishing up the stew and my father walked in the room and he was, my back was to him, but I heard my mother scream no. Mm. and I turned around, and my father's face was all flushed. And my mother, I was her 11th child, so she had seen this before. Yeah. So my father, he said, let's go on a drive. My mother was not invited to the wedding, and when I got in the car, my father was crying. He couldn't tell me why. Now he has told me. He said, I didn't want you to marry Warren Jess. But he didn't know at that time I was even going to marry Warren Jess, but everybody had that in their mind, like because all my childhood, I guess— I I was teased a lot about Marion Warren Jeffs, and I think a lot of it had to do with there's two factors. The way he acted toward me factored Mm -hmm. into it a lot. And also, I believe I was kind of like a— I was scared to do wrong because Mm -hmm. of, like, the bullies in my family. So, like, I didn't dare cross lines. I was afraid Mm -hmm. of being kicked out at a young age because eight years old is basically when you get baptized in the LDS church and also in the FLDS. And so— In the FLDS, they were so strict that when you're eight years old, either you atone for yourself or your parents will atone for you. Hmm. And so basically you have to get baptized or your parents will suffer for you. Wow. And what's that suffering involved? It depends if you do something bad. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't want to do anything wrong because I was eight, you know, like I was afraid of being sent away. And and there were eight-year-olds who the FLDS dropped off at places because they were too rebellious. Yeah. And never would be healed from it, according to their prophet.
1: Wow. Wow. I have a nine-year-old, and I I can't
2: Imagine, imagine. sending her away. I can't imagine
1: sending—I mean, sometimes yeah. it'd be nice. But, <laughs> like, to send away forever, it's yeah. hard for me to understand how a parent would allow that. But that just goes to show how deep the brainwashing is, mm. that a parent would allow that.
2: And also— that you have to realize these parents were put under like this decision where they either lose all of their kids because they get kicked out with the 8-year-old or they kick out the 8-year-old wow i don't know i think as a parent i would choose all everybody goes i, I, I couldn't
0: i couldn't do that
2: and that's what some parents did choose mm-hmm. and they would go the court route to try to get the rest of their kids which is the best route actually mm-hmm. but they don't mm-hmm. always see that and that's the same thing with like the underage brides. That's why some of them got married because the fathers were in that same predicament. They either had to mm-hmm. give up the one child or lose all of them. And some of them chose the wrong thing.
0: Where would a kid go if they're kicked out?
2: Like if you talk to Holding Out Help, which is a nonprofit in Salt Lake City, they, they were, they've been around one of the longest nonprofits mm-hmm. in this field. They have had eight-year-olds brought to them. Wow. wow, and there's been worse cases. They have dropped them off on the highway. You know, just worse things. But oh my gosh, my gosh. that in most cases they, um, you know, the police will pick them up. But like most cases, the parents tried a little harder to find something. Yeah,
1: like a relative they could go to or some yeah something on the outside. That is. Or nuts. Did you know? Of parents who, when when their daughter qualified to marry Mary Warren Jeffs, the parents celebrated, like they were so happy about this? Or was it all just miserable?
2: When I talked to, even like, I had a best friend who was um, in the category with the seven generations and all of that. And Mm -hmm. one time I confided in her and I was like, I am so scared to marry Warren Jess. Everybody teases me about that. And she's like, that would be such an honor. And I was like, maybe for you. (laughs) But um, she couldn't tell her that, but that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Her family, her mothers would talk about when their daughters, because they had several of them that went into Mm -hmm. Warren Jess' family. And their mothers would say, it's like going to a funeral. Mm,
1: Because it's like he
2: takes them and we never see him anymore.
1: Wow oh, man. Yeah. But yet these mothers do they still believe in it and they're just afraid to leave or they just so trying to compare for me being a a girl in mormonism like you get the shaft right it's like you don't get anything cuz you're a girl but you just believe that that's what god wants and you just kind of have to suck it up and feel like you're less than and that's just how it is. Yeah. How do you compare that with how moms would feel with these things they have to go along with? They think it was true?
2: Well, it depends, varies from one person to the other. And that's why I have so much compassion even today for FLDS people is because a lot of them aren't there because they believe in it. They're there because Mm. they can't talk about it. You can't tell all the time which ones really believe in it and which ones don't because Mm. they can't actually tell you the truth. The ones that don't believe in it have a cause most of the time to protect their kids or protect their mother, elderly mother. They don't all have a place the Dream Center doesn't take elderly. They don't have licensing for that. They're mostly geared to children and single moms and stuff. So we need more resources. What I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: But a lot of them stay for a cause. They're mm-hmm. they're all believers. And not only that, the ones that do believe in it, they have to go by faith. Like I have knowledge that it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has that knowledge because not everybody was elite. They didn't all mm-hmm. go to Texas. They didn't all have the same experiences in Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in Warren Just family. So I have knowledge. It would be ridiculous for me to to keep trying to fake it, you know. That would be yeah. totally something I, I couldn't even do. Did people kind of know within the compound who may or may
1: not be believing in, or just going along with it? Was Could you tell?
2: Like, you can tell that some of them are, like, more lenient or more mm-hmm. more willing to cross a line here and there. But you can't tell if they really believe or not because there's some people who really will turn you in and really will yeah. hurt you even though they cross their own line sometimes. Like, it's kind of, you know, you can't always tell. You can tell right. they have different characteristics and stuff, but you can't tell if they really believe. Gotcha. And, and a lot of times they'll turn you in just... For their own safety and sometimes they'll turn you in because they don't like you
1: mm-hmm. Oh man! wow so just you know i don't i don't like what she said in school and she's not yeah. being friendly so i'm going to go tattle on her for like no damn good reason just yeah. to get you in trouble
2: yeah yeah so there's those and then there's also sometimes they get threatened into doing it by somebody else wow. so it's it's a pretty big mess especially with warren just being in prison yeah because he yeah, can't verify any of it right without like listening to someone
1: so people still tattle to where Warren Jeffs through a line of... Isn't his brother kind of
2: running the show right now? He has a son who's stepping up the right son. now to be the prophet okay. after Warren. Okay. After Warren dies. He's just like yeah, yeah. kind of nominated right now.
1: Boys growing into men. You see them trying to climb the ladder like, I want to be the next prophet or... Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. yeah? There's been wow. two
2: people step up. So now if they follow FLDS, it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean they follow Warren Jeffs. Oh, okay. But if they follow Warren Jeffs, it's detrimental because he put pedophilia in the doctrine.
0: When you say it's in the doctrine, like, is it written down somewhere
2: that pedophilia is okay? He did it in a secret meeting. So even though a lot of FLDS will say it's not true, but the history shows that it is true because like there's been two leaders that have stepped up to follow Warren Jeffs who were in Texas at one time. And the first one has already been raided mm. just mm-hmm. in the last year or so. Okay.
1: That's, that's on the documentary.
2: They found, well, they I, they talk about it in there, but like mm-hmm. this last year, they actually raided him and he did have underage rights and all that going on. So send them to jail, send them all to jail. So I tell people, I said, yeah, FLDS are kind of like, we don't believe that Warren Jeffs really did that because they have to believe mm-hmm. somebody because they weren't always all there. Of course. We don't believe he really did that. But I tell him, well, you would do it again probably with the right leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what I mean, the history shows that.
0: Yeah. yeah. They
2: don't believe it's happening. But when they get into the tight situation, they wake up, but it's kind of too late. So we are going to leave that there,
0: part one of a two-parter. We're going to have uh, Brielle again on next time for the rest of the interview. It's so good, guys, for real. I hope everybody listens in again Mm -hmm. for part two of that interview. Mm -hmm. Brielle Decker, prisoner of the prophet.
1: Wife 60-somethings. 65th. Okay. 65th.
0: Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got a foam Pod? Yeah, right? when we come back, we will
1: cue music. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <we get> to <laughs> I just want to get people excited yep. because we haven't done a Foom Pod in a while. Yeah. We, we stumbled mm-hmm. across one. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And Shelly's going to be cueing music all over again, I bet. Mm. Oh, uh, duh. Okay. Be right back. We're back. Cue
1: music. <laughs>
0: Up the
1: day. <laughs> so this foom pod came about. This was like a like a natural organic foom pod. We were just talking, I don't even know what we we're talking about. And I said this thing, you're like, what? I think it was in this episode. I mean, it, it's been a minute since I've listened to it. It probably was, <laughs> yeah. Um, We're recording this in pieces, y'all. That's our lives. Like, we <laughs> literally know. don't have two hours to sit and do shit anymore. And hopefully this all comes together. It might not. It might be like a beautiful <laughs> patchwork quilt. And that's okay, because if you're Mormon or ex-Mormon, you've, you've quilted before. <laughs> God. Total stereotype, but I mean, come on, have you, you know you? I'm right. Have you quilted? Um, Not from beginning to end, but my mom had like the big like, quilt wooden bar thingies that, like, take up all this room. Um, And I might have done one stitch, because she showed me, and I'm like, boring. (laughs) I'm
0: going to go play basketball.
1: Yeah, boring, Mom. I'm going (laughs) to go hang out with the men. I'm going to ride my dirt bike. Oh, I had the best little dirt bike. so (laughs) fun. A little motorcycle. You know, you might be a lesbian. You know, some people could have fucking told me. (laughs) Should we get to the food pot already? Fine. Today's Fucked. Up, Mormon phrase of the day is mm-hmm. "son of perdition." That would be "son of perdition." Go,
0: son of perdition. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no idea what this word. I know this, like this. This was a movie. I don't know if it. Had, no, okay, it didn't pertain to Mormon. The movie was
1: Road to Perdition with Tom Hanks. It was right. fucking awesome.
0: Okay, I never saw it. My point is that perdition is probably a word I should just know. Well. And I don't know it. I don't know what it means. <laughs> what does it mean? You have to guess. You'd you, get the ball. Do you mean it was do you mean you say partition? Nope. Son of partition?
1: Nope. That's even more <laughs> weird um than the actual definition.
0: <laughs> I don't know what this means. You don't know what like, perdition means? No, I don't know what perdition means. What were you not raised Mormon?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> as a matter
0: of fact. Maybe it's some sort of prodigal son thing, like no. you're some sort of wayward no. child. No. Okay, let's put it in the opposite direction. You're so stalwart. Nope. You're, 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 you're somewhere in the middle. Nope. You you could go— uh, No. Just give me the fucking buzzer already. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> Who the fuck is a son so, of perdition?
1: <laughs> I realize—now, now me being raised Mormon, I thought that everything was Mormon, of course. But I looked when I looked it up to get like an actual exact definition. Mm-hmm. It's it's biblical. Like Christians know this shit, so I don't oh, know okay. why you don't know it, little Miss Mary. I don't have the Bible memorized for God's I know sake. What you, okay, well, the son of perdition is a term that refers to a person who is in an irredeemable condition and who will suffer eternal destruction. So that could be kind of like a prodigal son, right? No, because the prodigal son came back.
0: <laughs> Sons of perdition can't—are you looking it up? I just looked I, it up. I know. It, it says um, a state of eternal punishment and damnation yeah. into which a sinful and unpenitent person passes after death. So this is a this is a
1: after-we-die punishment. Yeah, of course. But I'm not done yet. <laughs> so that was the first definition that popped up, and I'm like, hmm, let me type that in and put Mormon next to it. So, of course, Mormons know more than everyone. So their definition—so the little Wikipedia definition for the first one was like four sentences. When you type in the Mormon part, we're we're like page after page after page, because Mormons have a lot to say about all the things they know. Okay. Okay. In the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a son of perdition is a person who will not take part in the glory of God in the afterlife. This is in contrast to the vast majority of people who will receive a kingdom of glory after the final judgment and enter into one of the three degrees of glory after the resurrection. Mary, do you remember these? The three degrees? Oh, you mean the celestial,
0: terrestrial, and and uh, telestial. Yeah, you to, got to, it.
1: You're almost a Mormon. <laughs> okay, most Latter-day Saints believe that the sons of perdition will be cast into outer darkness. Wait, don't, you know what that is? Or is another foon pod? Yeah, of course. What? Yeah. Do you think are we new here? We've talked about it. Yeah, is that what you're cr- saying? You, are you. I've been kidding? very busy lately. Are you kidding me? Right now? Ugh. You think I don't know what outer darkness is? Well, you've been there. You can't, and you know why? You're a girl. Let me carry on. Girls can't go to outer. No. Nope. Mormon scriptures what? do. Can I read? What? This is new information. Mormon scriptures do not use this exact phrase in connection with the sons of perdition, but state that they shall go away into the lake of fire and brimstone with the devil and his angels. So that's who is
0: in outer darkness? I thought outer darkness wasn't so bad. People have different <laughs> definitions
1: of what outer darkness is all Clearly, about. Clearly, outer darkness could have been a foon pod because you are so no, wrong.
0: some people are like, oh, it's not so bad. It's just not the best thing. No, that would be the
1: ter- the celestial kingdom.
0: Huh. Okay. So the devil hangs we out confused? in outer
1: darkness? The, not just the devil. but so de- hell. The devil and his angels. Right. It's the exact same thing as hell then. Sure. However, according to Mormonism, like hell is anything where you don't get to be with your heavenly father, which would be like the lowest two kingdoms. Not confusing. So God
0: never visits the lower two kingdoms? I mean, he can,
1: but why would he? Like, we suck. <laughs> I don't want
0: my family we? visiting me either. So wait a minute. What? How do you get to be a son of perdition? There- I'm telling you. <sighs> I'm reading. This is the longest definition of it. Well, because
1: Mormons have to, like, decide what everything is and more of it. Um, I'm just going to keep reading. Sorry if it's boring, but I think it's pretty damn interesting because it's weird. Mm-hmm. The name perdition is sometimes regarded as a proper name that refers to either Lucifer or Cain, both of whom are symbols of ultimate Evil. Oh, so the son of perdition is really the son of the devil. One of them. What
0: do you mean, one of them? Like maybe he's the original, the OG (laughs) Mr. (laughs) That's Mr. Perdition to you.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I I guess if according to Mormon theology, Jesus and Lucifer were brothers, Uh which would make them both the son of God somehow. So if you're a son of perdition, then you're the grandchild of God. God, your God, your no. That means that. Yeah, God you're is— the, No, you're the OG, like, perdition person.
0: I thought perdition is another word
1: for for Satan. Yeah, uh, my theology didn't play huh. out very well. So, all right, though, I have a question, though. Okay, but I have more, but go ahead. All right, well, all right, just keep reading. Okay, okay. For God's sake. We're getting into some major Mormon theology here, and it's hilarious. How Ready? long is this going to be? I just <laughs> sh- You're going to learn. <laughs> Who knows? We might come across another uh, foon pod. The pre mortal spirit followers of Satan— Oh, this is part oh, of the definition. Them. Yeah, the, oh, them. <laughs> okay. It is taught that in the pre-mortal life, they chose to follow a plan proposed by Satan rather than that presented by God the Father, in parenthesis, Heavenly Father. hmm Jesus the Christ chose to follow Heavenly Father's plan. Jesus the Christ. <laughs> Jesus the Christ. <laughs> Kids, clean up your room. I was just going to say clean up your room for some reason. <laughs> is that all you ever hear me <laughs> yell? Uh-huh. Or it just always needs cleaning. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 goes on to the war in heaven, yada, yada, we all know this. Okay, those in mortal life who deny the Holy Ghost, which is generally interpreted as rejecting and denying Christ, after receiving a personal witness and a perfect knowledge of Jesus, like, then you can fucking be a son of perdition.
0: Oh, so you have to be given the opportunity to reject Which is Jesus. why women can't do that. What
1: are you What are you talking about? I'm getting there. So this is what Joseph Smith said. All sins shall be forgiven except for sins against the Holy Ghost, for Jesus will save all except the sons of perdition. What must a man do to commit the unpardonable sin? He must receive the Holy Ghost, have the heavens open unto him, and know God, and then sin against him. After a man has sinned against the Holy Ghost, there is no repentance for him. Well, isn't this the definition of man kind of like human? Can I we finish? We're about, we're about, we're <laughs> about to like get to the point. He has got to say that the sun does not shine while he sees it. He has got to deny Jesus Christ when the heavens have been opened unto him and to deny the plan of salvation with his eyes open to the truth of it. When do the heavens ever open and you see Jesus? When has this happened? Well, it those happened some, to me. Those but are some good that, drugs. Yeah, but if it <laughs> happened to you and you're like, that never happened, then you are a son of perdition. How do you prove it? Either way. God knows everything. But, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's trying to make sense of nonsense again. And women can't. Be included in this group? Uh, Well, there's a section here called Daughters of Perdition. (laughs) I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Okay, a few LDS church leaders have speculated whether or not there would be daughters of perdition as well as sons of perdition. All I know is if there were both, they would both be like TK smoothies. Because they'd be in outer darkness together. Well, yeah, and they wouldn't be able to have sex. Whatever. This is not the point of the conversation. In 1860, church president, who we all love, Brigham Young, stated, I doubt whether it can be found from the revelations that are given and the facts as they exist. Facts. Because he knows everything. Mm -hmm. Fake news. Fake news. Um, (laughs) That there is a female in all the regions of hell. Women must atone for sins committed by the volition of her own choice, but she will never become an angel to the devil and sin so far as to place herself beyond the reach of mercy. In the same discourse he says, she is not accountable for the sins that are in the world. God requires obedience from man. He is Lord of creation, and at his hands the sins of the world will be required. So whoa. whoa, whoa. Brigham Young is
0: saying that women cannot be sons or daughters or whatever a perdition.
1: Right. Because it's a man thing. It's a man's thing. <laughs> Let's put that in context Context, because it's a man thing. What has to happen for you to even have that available to you to be a son of perdition? You have to see God. So women like, can't see God. Boom.
0: We can't have the good shit. You can't have that experience of that spiritual experience, that closeness where that revelation, the clouds parting or whatever the fuck, the heavens
1: opening up mm-hmm. and you're seeing Jesus the Christ. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have a chance to see Jesus and be like, that never happened. Uh-huh. Like I don't get to. Right. I Don't get the opportunity to, to deny Jesus uh-huh. the Christ. Clean up your room. Yeah.
0: Sure. Because we, we're not intelligent or, or something enough. No, to,
1: we're 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 less than. Yeah. So the church we're has too simple for those we types are, of revelations. Yeah, of course. We don't have the priesthood. hmm mm-hmm. Why would God come to us? They might come to our husband because he's in charge of us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So speculation amongst Mormons. And I don't know if this was ever actually taught. But you know how Mormons have to like talk, talk, talk and make up their own like shit? If you say so, I have It's no idea. true. It's true. So speculation was, probably still is, that the only people who could qualify for being a son of perdition would be like prophets. Because prophets see God. I see. So you really have to have that experience and reject
0: it. And that's the only way to go to. Are those the only people in Outer Darkness or the people that have had the experience and then reject it? Yes. So it's only men in Outer Darkness. Yeah, I, that's what I've been trying to say. <laughs>
1: well,
0: I didn't know if there was another way to get
1: to Outer Darkness. No. It's not like Candyland where you r- roll a purple <laughs> and then... And then can... <laughs> Sorry, I was really stupid. <laughs> like, I liked it, though. It's, <laughs> I did. I liked it. It was beginning late at night. <laughs> it must be.
0: I'm
2: tired.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, punchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. I didn't know that women... Did not make up the population, shall we say, of
1: outer darkness. No, because we're there are not, no residents there. We can never be holy enough to have okay. the exact opposite. So it's kind of the the Mormon version of a penal colony, basically. You <laughs> said penals, which is actually pretty accurate. <laughs> well, penile because it's only men there. I know what penal means.
0: I okay, get it. Okay. All right. All right whew, What's happening? Mm-hmm. Okay, son mm-hmm. of perdition. So there is no daughter perdition, which makes me kind of feel good in a way because it means we
1: don't have to hang out with. Them I don't ever. have
0: to pretend to ever see some sort of fake experience <laughs> and then reject that fake experience later. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and pretend well, that it's all that, no. You got it fake. all. You have it all wrong because <laughs> it. If it was a fake experience. You can't reject it because it was fake in the first place. It had, like, according to theology. You have to have an actual, true, legit, like, Jesus Christ high five. He's there. Mm-hmm. He's like, I am the Christ. Look at the holes in my hands. And then you're like, meh, mm-hmm. fuck that.
0: Remember the tr- the sure sign of the nail is in the wrist. That's true. And why? <laughs> Do you remember why? Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. Are you serious? You don't know why? Handshake that the sure sign is in the wrist? Yeah,
1: why Why? Is the, the nail in the wrist? I don't
0: remember from the Frickin'
1: Temple episodes? Why is the nail on the wrist? I'm just writing down. Right, I'm writing down next foon pod. Oh, next. my God.
0: Well, I think foon. it's all goofy anyway because these types of things are very personal. You can't share them with someone, meaning let's say you're— Having a prayer circle jerk with your butts, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and kay. I'm mixing lots of metaphors was, here. Didn't hear that. It's coming. like if you have this personal experience where the clouds part and you see Jesus the Christ. Let's say your buddy who's praying with you or whatever isn't going to have the same experience. So how do you even prove you that you saw something? It doesn't have
1: to be your buddy saying, "Hey, he saw Jesus," and he says he didn't. That's right? Not, no, that's <laughs> well. Then how do you prove that you even had a bunch that of people telling on each other? <laughs> you don't prove it. You don't like, like. Well, then they can't prove that you're going to some fake hell place either. Well, it's all fake anyway. <laughs> it happens after you die, and God decides. Decides. Oh, oh, God's
0: the one. So God said, "Well, all right, you back in 1980 had the opportunity. We had that. We had yes. that moment. Yes. We had that bruh moment. Right. You saw me." You saw the sure sign of the nail yes, hole. Yes, I mean, you and God. It's not the neighbor.
1: It's and, not fucking neighborhood watch being like <laughs> neighborhood You watch saw busted. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God's like, we had that moment, and then you
0: rejected me, <sighs> banished um, to outer darkness. That's kind of how that's going to go down. Totally,
1: I'm still my brain's still on on neighborhood watch for sons of perdition. <laughs> God. Well, they're going to
0: need a neighborhood watch in outer darkness, I think.
1: It's That's real dark, true. Yeah, there. I mean, the first the thing they should lights. do is fucking fix the street lights. <laughs> like,
0: task one. All those men, there should be someone handy. How in the many times of
1: tradition does it take to change a, <laughs> to turn, light, bulb? Change a light bulb?
0: Nice. <laughs> That's funny.
1: <laughs> Oh. Well, wow, we are off on a tangent. Yeah, it's that's, a good one, though. That's great. Mm-hmm. Thanks for playing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Always enjoy a good food butt.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, jump into some patron names. Shall we?
1: I just had an idea of yeah. uh, how we should give them their new names. All right. What you got? I'm thinking first letter of last name, right? Mm-hmm. We need to come up with things that you would find in outer darkness. Okay. That sounds like, what was the game, um, like the pyramid or whatever, $60,000 pyramid, where they would just list things, car, boat, blah, blah, and then then the answer would be like, things you drive. You know what I'm talking about? Things without headlights. Right. Because it's outer darkness. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there are any lights. No, I mean, it would be outer lightness at that point. (laughs) That's all I got. Okay, Um, ready? We'll try it. Sure. Okay. Uh, patron number one. And again, everyone, thank you for being our patrons. Those of you who are recently joining from listening to episodes from like mm, three years ago, just understand that we've slowed down. Once you get here, we've slowed the fuck down. <laughs> They'll but be thank like, you. I might hear my name in like three years. Yeah, we're getting to them. Mm-hmm. But you will get your new name. All right. New patron number one, Laurel H. What's an H that you would H? find in
0: Outer Darkness? You'd find something with an H in mm-hmm. Outer Darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, well— a hellish amount of trash. Heaps. Heaps. Of trash.
1: <laughs> All right, Laurel. Heaps. Heaps. Heaps of trash. That's actually, That's heaps of trash. Thing. It's got to be the full thing. Well, Laurel, heaps of trash. I
0: just feel like there's going to be trash everywhere. You can't see anything. But you know there's trash. It probably smells. It probably smells there. Yeah. yeah okay. I would think. It's outer dark. And probably it smells like sulfur because mm. of fire and brimstone. When oh, you think? Oh,
1: God, that's so smart. <laughs> Is it?
0: Yes. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> Who's our uh, next patron, Next I? patron, Jessica M. Are you taking this one? I got this one. In outer darkness, outer darkness will be full of Mormon men. Oh, okay. I can't think of a worse hell. <laughs> and it's not because I'm a man hater. I am not a man hater. I love my man friends. I love my sons. I love a lot of men. Mormon men, yeah it's a mm-hmm. little more difficult. So yeah, outer darkness, bunch of fucking Mormon men. That's what you'll find. Don't go there. If you ever see Jesus, don't say you didn't see him. That's your warning. Right. <laughs> Just pretend.
0: It's all pretend anyway. No, you no, might no, no. Be no. Like- if you see him, don't say you didn't. Right. He won't be in the outer dark roast. Sorry, just, I just threw in a plug for apostate coffee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you like how I did that? Did you do it on purpose? Yeah, I did it oh, on purpose. Oh, shit, right
0: on. <laughs> um, get 10% off your order at apostatecoffee.com <laughs> by putting LDL in, in checkout. Wow, you remembered all that. I do. You get a checkout and put in our code LDL, I you guess. get 10% off. I, I think that's what happens. Well, do it and see. It's been a bit. <laughs> and drink the outer dark roast. Uh, maybe that will prevent you from going to outer... I don't know. I think it probably... Takes you there. But it might. No. You know, take it to-go cup because you're going
1: to need that for your journey to outer Yeah, darkness. there won't be that. Can we back up a second? Sure, but I up. don't think that Mary actually still understands outer darkness.
0: Evidently, it's full of men. Well, <laughs> yeah, but then you <laughs> said something about, Jesus.
1: like, you see Jesus, you rejected me. He says, outer darkness.
0: No, he doesn't banish you right away. It's like you think you're living this great life. And then you die, and God's like, Not so fast, Charlie. Remember that time you re- remember <laughs> rejected that time my son? Rejected
1: me. The Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> me and my son, who's actually also so, me.
0: Boom. You think you're going someplace special, but you're going to outer darkness. Hell yeah.
1: Okay, and that's exactly right. Take how that
0: it. cup of outer dark roast with you. Gonna need it. Apostate coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Apostate <laughs> Order coffee now. Dot com. <laughs> Order yours now. <laughs> oh, I love it. All, All right. right. Next up, Rose B. B, huh? hmm Yeah, you know, none of these names are going to be great this week. Sorry. Yeah. We still appreciate our patrons. Well, absolutely. <laughs> but I think uh, Banished Saints, that's what you find in utter darkness. That is so boring. <laughs>
1: Wow, Mary.
0: <laughs> um Rose, saints. I am
1: so sorry. <laughs> well, what do you got? I was going to say like bad people. Oh, that's so much better. Oh, banished saints? It's a little just more intellectual way of saying bad people. How about bats? Do bats fly around at night? Sure. All right. So, um, Rose, you're getting lots of last names. Rose, you're getting banished saints, bats, and bad guys. <laughs> okay, Why not? that is your name. Huh. No hyphens. We're not hyphenating today. You got to run them all together.
0: Hmm. Write that down. That'll be fun on a uh, on a license. Real mm. ID. Real Real ID. Deadline's coming up. So I got mine already. Yeah, me too. All right, okay, is that all the patrons? No, there's oh, two more. We two have five. More. Exactly five. Okay, what you got?
1: Betsy S. Betsy S. Yes. I'm going winners. <laughs> <laughs> What you got? Fine. Betsy, sinners, and stupidity. Oh, you were going to do stupidity? Yeah, then I felt bad for Betsy, so I'm sorry about that. I just think it's stupid. (laughs) This (laughs) discussion about outer darkness? No, outer darkness. Like, the theology of outer darkness is stupid. Well,
0: and also, can't you just fake it? Like, can't you just be like, oh, I saw Jesus. It's all cool.
1: No, it's not like a human (laughs) experience. Again, no neighborhood watch on this one. It's between you and the Lord. hmm Okay. Betsy, that was
0: bad. Yeah, we're sorry, Betsy. Feel free to blame Shelly for that one. I mean,
1: <laughs> I tried. Next and last is Pernille E. Can I do this one? Yeah. I feel like Ebola. Oh, shit. I think everyone has Ebola. <laughs> In outer darkness, it just seems like a like a bad way to be. (laughs) I'm not even exactly sure what Ebola is. I know it's a disease, and I know people Uh die from it. Yeah, wow, disease is rampant (laughs) in outer darkness. (laughs) I mean, speaking of bad smells, bubonic
0: plague. It's going to be all there, I think. (gasps) Probably glad I'm a girl. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) the one time it worked in uh worked in our favor the one time <laughs>
1: yeah huh but it still has to do with the fact that we're lesser
0: but i'll take it yeah we're not even good enough for the worst punishment women i feel like in mormonism are just ornaments they're just, ornaments yeah they yeah. they're just sort of there um they're vessels for babies mm-hmm. that's it yeah pretty much hmm.
1: well sorry and thank you patrons that was a weird one I'm going to keep note, and if any of these patrons drop off after <laughs> we'll this episode hits the airwaves, <laughs> we'll be like, fuck, shouldn't have called her smelly. Ah!
0: <laughs> See? Oh, my God. <laughs> Whose idea was this? My. I was like, what if we come up with stuff that is not in outer darkness? Look, that would be everything. Okay. All right. Whatever. No, you're right, except for the
1: smelly. Garbage and well, I just thought Ebola. it would be m- more entertaining to have it like mm-hmm. our version of what's whatever. Can we Can we wrap this up? Yeah, we can. Okay. Uh, sorry, everybody. Thank you so much for your patronage.
0: If you would like to show us a little love, please head over to Latterday slash support. Mm. We really appreciate it for real. And so sorry, we're not cranking these out like we used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're sad about it too. Uh, we're gonna, you know what? We're gonna record a scandal session and and maybe talk about that right now. Talk about what's going on. Want to do it right up right after this? We can. Okay. Uh, let us also thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. We appreciate you. Thank you again to Brielle Decker, and we'll have you back again next time and uh, conclude that interview. Looking forward to that.
1: Hang on. Do you think it's sad for Dan that he only gets to leave it in once a month or so these days? <laughs> maybe he's getting a little on the side so,
0: whoa, <laughs> maybe he's getting a side piece <laughs> oh we've got to talk about that on the scandal session oh my god what a weird Get night Okay, side piece okay <laughs> Sorry, I digress <laughs> I digress <laughs> alright everybody please stare clear of those fucking calls because they're no joke no joke at all talk to you later bye